Second uh, Timothy three, of course, all year long we've been teaching on last days theology, and uh, I trust it's been helpful uh, to everyone. And uh, the idea of it, how important it is for us to uh, hold to the truth, but we have to know the truth so we can hold to it, and uh, then uh, be reminded of how uh, deceitful and deceiving Satan is. And he is the master of almost truths. Uh, he is the master of, of deceit. And so uh, we need to be reminded of that. And we come to the end, and we've, we've dealt with a lot of things. And uh, by way of introduction, I'll remind us of a few, but I won't, I won't spend much time in the introduction because I want to get through uh, uh, the last five uh, truth, things I want us to see tonight. And uh, so uh, first Tim, or second Timothy chapter number three, and then pray for me. Can you do that? And I'll tell you why. I mean, pray for me, but um, uh, I'm going to work very hard to get this series in a book uh, as quick as I possibly can. I've been pressured uh, by many, and uh, so um, I'm, going to, I'm going to have to do it. So you do pray for me uh, that I'll be able to get it done, and, uh, and uh, it'll be a help to people. Second uh, Timothy chapter number 3, uh, in verse number 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Uh, those last days, perilous times are going to come. Where, where's the perilous times going to come from? It's going to come from a lot of places, but it's also going to come uh, from inside of the church, come from the religious crowd. <clears throat> For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God." having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. <clears throat> There's going to be many, they're going to say, I'm a Christ follower, but they're not going to be converted. Uh, they're going to say, uh, they're going to put the tag of Christian on themselves, on certain kinds of music, on certain kinds of lifestyle, but God's going to have nothing to do with it. Uh, they, they are going to have the form, but they'll have no power. Uh, they denied the power thereof. And as we've looked at the emerging church and the contemporary church, we have seen that uh, they, they have a different spirit that's not the Holy Spirit. And it's those, and it's those last days. I took you to uh, a verse of Scripture last week. I'll just refer to it tonight. Uh, of the, uh, there's going to be a falling away. There's going to be a departing of the faith. Now, there are some in the last days, they'll never know Christ. They, they have a religious uh, uh, talk about them, perhaps, um, they, because the scripture tells us uh, there's going to be many that say, Lord, Lord, and he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Uh, they talked about God, but they did not know him. There's going to be those that never knew Christ. They, they claimed the name of Christian, but they, they never knew him. Then there's going to be some who have departed from the faith. You cannot depart from the faith unless you have the faith. Now, tr truth of the matter is, I'm saved. I hope you're saved. I'm thankful for it. There's nothing that can be done about that. We are saved throughout eternity, and I praise the Lord for that. I, I, would, I, I shudder to think what it's going to be like in that scene of standing before the Almighty God and God saying, depart. What, what, a, what a horrible scene to even imagine from a saved person's perspective. But think of the perspective of the one who does not know God. What a, what a horrible scene that's going to be. I'm glad that I don't have to worry about being on that end of it. But I have the faith. You have the faith. 
We're commanded to contend for the faith, to hold to the faith. I do not want to depart from the faith. Sad to see people depart from the faith. Now, this teaching has not been, and I think the primary focus has not been for uh, necessarily for, uh, it, well, I just said the primary focus has been for us to be aware through Scripture of how the devil's using this, this emerging church movement, but also to be able to help those who have been deceived by it. We have a responsibility to hold to the faith, keep the faith. I'll not, I'll not spend any more time on that, but just remind you that. The book of Jude. Book of Jude, we're reminded, and I'll just remind you because we have spent some time on this in verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. I remind you the faith is a once delivered faith. God delivered it one time, and he's not delivering another one. This idea, this is different when you're on the other side of, uh, say, Catholicism or, or, or Islam. They're on their side. You're on your side. They look at you and they say, we're right and you're wrong. You look at them and say, the Bible says, so we're right and you're wrong. There's no middle ground. Are you following me? But this, this crowd, this emerging and contemporary crowd, they've created alternate truth in their mind. Well, you believe that. This is what we believe. So what? There's a once delivered faith. God delivered it one time. Either I'm wrong or you're wrong. We're not both right. There's a once delivered faith. Why are we to contend for it? Because because independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptists are better than everybody else? No. Because it's tied, you saw it in verse 3, I've talked about this, it's tied to a common salvation. That's why we hold to it. That's why we contend for it. Because it's all wrapped around that salvation, that grace of God who loved us so much He sent His Son to pay sin debt for all mankind. That's the most precious thing in this universe is salvation, that gift. So in order to protect it, we've got to hold to the faith. Now we go to the end of the chapter and look with me in verse number uh, 16. Uh, these are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust. Uh, just remember, you, can, you, can't, you can't walk by your own lust and walk by the Spirit. It's one or the other. And their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But beloved, Remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit. But ye... Now, let me remind you, I, I, I pointed this out last week. Jude's talking about them, the filthy dreamers, he calls them. These who would sell out the faith. He's describing them, even in the prior verses, when he's speaking to the beloved. He told you about, about the, you knew about the mockers. But now he's saying, ye beloved, there's some things that you need to take heed to. I'm afraid sometimes, and parents, this will help you too, it's a principle. There's more to just saying, don't be. We need to say, be. Because uh, if you are what you should be, it's a lot harder for you to get enticed 
by the things of this world. And that's why, let me just insert this, that's why you as a Christian, you need Sunday school, you need Sunday morning, you need Sunday night, you need Wednesday night, you need to be in your Bible every single day because a weak Christian, those are the casualties. The casualties. Stay strong in the faith. But notice what he says. He says, uh, verse 20, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some having compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, the glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Now, I started this last week, and, and I'm going to jump back into it tonight. I want to, I want to teach on, uh, I call it the two or three things, avoiding compromise, but uh, I want to teach on how not to depart from the faith. I don't want to depart from the faith. I don't want you to depart from the faith. I believe God has some amazing things in store for the Emmanuel Baptist Church. And I'm already anticipating and excited about the people we will reach, those that the Lord will add to the church. I'm excited about that. But I want to fulfill this journey with every single one of you. I don't want one person to depart from the faith. So how are we going to avoid departing from the faith? We'll jump right back into this. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight. As we look at your word, may the Holy Spirit of God be our instructor, be our teacher. Help us to be close to you so that we can be a help to somebody else. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Very quickly, let me remind you of the first three that I gave you. Last week, uh, from verse number 20, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Uh, Remember, I told you, number one, if you're going to avoid compromise or you're not going to depart from the faith, you must build your life on the faith. Don't build your life on this world. Don't build this life on your, your life on this on your career. Don't build your life on anything but the faith, but the word of God, but the things of God. You must build your life on the faith. If you're going to build your life on the faith, it's going to be important to you, isn't it? You're going to protect it, isn't it? Uh, you, your family, if somebody comes into your home and trying to harm your family, I would hope that you would protect them. You know, uh, I, we, 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 you know we, we probably be all on the same page with this. Uh, we, there, there, there's, there's, a, there's a principle in the philosophy. You come into my home uninvited, one of us isn't leaving. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Why? Because that's valuable to you. If you build your life on the faith, you ought to have the same philosophy of this book right here. See, a different version is not, is not an option with me because it's my faith. I, I would hope and I pray and I believe I would die for the faith. Build your life on the faith. The reason I say, how could you do that? Because my life is built on the faith. My life is built on the things of God. Oh, you, well, you're extreme. No, no, no. It's, it's no, there's no. You might be extreme to this world, but when you get that glimpse of the Lord Jesus Christ and you get that glimpse of what happens when you build your life on the faith, there is no life but building on the faith. We said, number one, build your life on the faith because if your life's there, you're going to protect it. It's going to be valuable to you. Uh, the, the, it's amazing that, that those who are invested more in the church will speak up for their church. And the church has an hour of need. They're there. Why? Because they built their life in it. 
put their life around it. Number two is found in verse number 20 as well. Praying in the Holy Ghost. I said, I said make your prayer life a priority. Your prayer life has got to be a priority. Somebody who does not pray on a regular basis are, are vulnerable to, to, to the enemy. Pray in the Holy Ghost. I'll not reteach it, uh, but it's, it's, it, 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 if, you're not, if you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you, it's hard to pray in the Holy Ghost uh, if you're living as the world. Number three, we, we looked in... And verse number 21, keep, uh, I'm sorry, uh, praying in the Holy Ghost. Um, keep yourselves in the love of God. We said number three, love God. Love God. And I reminded you, and I remind you again, it's more than getting a t-shirt that says, I love Jesus. There's more to it. Jesus said, if ye love me, keep my commandments. So if I'm going to keep myself in the love of God, if I'm going to say I'm going to love God with all, all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, if I'm going to love him, I have to keep his commandments. What are his commandments? They're in Scripture. We ought to live to please God. How do we do that? We keep his commandments. That's why it's, it's not a, well, I know the Bible says, but don't tell me you love God. Because if we really love him, then is it the Bible says? That's the difference in somebody who gets saved and, and it hasn't been that far from them knowing they were going to go to hell and they still appreciate what Jesus did for them. They hear something like, I don't understand, but if that's what God wants, that's why I'm going to do it. But a lot of us, we've been saved long enough and we've forgotten. We've forgotten how much we needed the Lord Jesus Christ. We've forgotten that without him, there is no hope. And now we can pick and know. If it's a commandment, that's how we show we love him. Number four. This one's new. Those three were new to you because you, it's been a week. You've already forgotten. But uh, th- num- num- number four. Look with me. Verse 21. Keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Number four, be rapture ready. Be rapture ready. Looking. For the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Every day you ought to remind yourself that you're saved. Okay, we need to do better than that. Every day you need to remind yourself that you're saved. Uh, it's, it's every day. Well, if you remind yourself that you're saved, then you remind yourself he could come back today. Now, if, if we... we so many preachers, you've heard so many other preachers use this as an illustration. If you knew the Lord was coming back today, what would you change in your life? What would you get out of your home? And, and that's good preaching. But if you are, are reminded that you're saved, if you're living for him every, how am I going to be rapture ready today? i got to live like he's coming today. If he's coming, okay, he didn't come today, well, it means he could come tomorrow. And when I get up in the morning, I can remind myself, you may have to have your cup of coffee first. That's fine. But remind yourself that he's coming back. He could come back today. And then you're going to be ready. The reason why there's a falling away, a departing from the faith, the reason why we, ch- we change things in our life is because we really don't believe Jesus is coming back. So oh, that preacher, you're just trying to scare people to do right. I was scared to go to hell, so I got saved. I've since learned the benefits of salvation. I want to live that way when he comes. I'm ready for him. 
Be rapture ready, looking for that mercy. How many of you are saved tonight? I've already asked you once. I might ask you five more times tonight. You know why you're saved? Mercy of God. You know what we all deserve? We all deserve hell. I mean, look around tonight. We clean up pretty good, don't we? I mean, this is a fine, respectable crowd. In my opinion, this, I wouldn't trade this church for three other churches. To me, this is, this is the greatest church on God's planet. That's just the way I, that's the way I feel. But the only reason we're not in hell is God's mercy. No, when you remind yourself, don't miss this truth, when you remind yourself every day that, well, I know I got this burden, but it ain't hell. Boy, the mercy of God is the only reason I've got any hope. And when Jesus comes back, we're looking for that mercy We're really going to understand. We can understand mercy to a degree now. Because we know what we deserve. If we're honest, we know where we deserve to be. And I'll never spend a a, a moment in hell. I'll never experience a a, a fleeting second of any of that horror. And I, I know what I am. You know what you are too, so you should understand this as well as I understand it. Some of you even better than I understand it. You know what you are. Oh, I get to live today, the mercy. I get to go to church tonight. Why? Because, oh, God's mercy. Oh, I can pray to Why? Because his mercy. But we'll really understand mercy when we experience eternal life. As wonderful as that is, and some of you got a halfway smile now that you didn't have a while ago. As wonderful as that is, why aren't we looking for it every day? I know we all get burdened down. I know we get, we all be looking, stay. We're talking about, are you with me? We're talking about not departing from the faith. How do we not do that? Oh, we're looking. We're rapture ready. Will you feel yourself in the day Things not being as they should be. Get rapture ready. It's a good little term. It's, it's easy to remember. Are you rapture ready? When you go to bed tonight, be rapture ready. Get up in the morning, spend time with God, be rapture ready. The truth of the matter is, most Christians don't believe the Lord's coming back. He is. Well, if you, how, how, how many, there are some that have already said they have been deceived, they have the form, but they do not know the power of God. They have no idea what they're missing. But there are some, as we said, the departing of the faith. They had the faith and they left it. If they really believed the Lord was coming, they never would have departed the faith. They, 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 Somewhere along the line, they did, they, they did not get rapture ready. That's why on, on, every day, be rapture ready. Number five. Look at me in verse number 22. And if some having compassion making a difference. I'll say number five, if we don't want to depart from the faith, keep a compassionate heart. Keep a compassionate heart. This world is a selfish place. Churches shouldn't be. 
This world is a cruel place. Churches shouldn't be. This world, it's, it's what can I do for me? I don't care about anybody else. That's not the way it should be with children of God. I understand what it is like to be disappointed, to be hurt, to be... You all understand it. You live long enough, and you're going to experience it. You know what it's like, Sunday school teacher. You know how disappointed is to invest and invest and invest and invest. And just like that, that person you invested in is gone. So many moms and dads, you, you know what it's like to invest and invest and invest and pray. And then one of your own children, gone into this world. It hurts. It breaks your heart. And that's when the devil can move in. That's when that argument of, well, it's just, it's, it, it's, it's the church that made it this way. It's, rules don't make rebels, they just reveal them. Standards don't make rebels, they just reveal them. If we're not careful, and I've taught on these things very carefully, I believe, through the year, that's why we've got to be very careful at the terminology and the uses because our heart is tender, our heart is compassionate. You're going to deal with people who are going to hurt you, they're going to betray you. Keep a compassionate heart. Well, I just, I've done my duty. Your heart has gotten hard. Remember when you used to shed a tear? How long has it been since there's been something take place in a church service that squeezed your heart to the point where a tear escaped your eye? Well, I'm not a crier. Well, you need to spend some time. How can you not get emotional when you think about what God's done for you? Or you see what God has done with other people. Keep a compassionate heart of some making a difference because of compassion. We don't need any more angry Christians. Check your anger at the door. And then go out a different door on your way out. I've taught you this. This whole emerging church movement is angry. They're rebelling against tradition. They're rebelling against the way mom and dad and grandma did it. They're rebelling against uh, what, what the traditional church and the tradition. They, they're, they're angry. And, and I taught this not too long ago, just, just to refresh your memory. It's like you say, where do, where do you believe at the such and such community of the love of the Lord, um, 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 of the fellowship church? What do y'all believe, what do y'all, what do y'all believe there? Well, well we're, we're not this, and we don't do this, and, and you can do this, and we, we don't, we don't want, we, you're never going to have a guy get up and, and, and anger yell at you, and like, we don't do that. No, anyway, uh, say, we get up there, we don't do this and this and this. Okay, what do you believe? They have nothing they believe, because it's all out of anger. There are some that I still bump into from time to time, and they know better than the church they're going to. They don't have to go here. Well, they should, but they don't have to go here. But they know better than where they're going. They're not all this way, but some of them I can look at in, 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 in how did they get from a Bible-believing, singing in the choir, working in a Sunday school class, soul winner, to this hysteria, blasphemous, 
excuse for a church. How do they? They don't believe their theology. But they got angry one day. They got offended. They got mad. And they lost their they lost their heart. They lost their compassion. I'll tie it in with this. It's an illustration I like to use. Absalom. Absalom was a despicable character in the Bible. David's son who turned, the Bible says, but he stole the hearts. And we put all the blame on Absalom. But I would submit to you, how, why was he able to steal the hearts because they did not guard their heart. They did not keep their heart. Keep a compassionate heart. It's a dangerous thing. You can preach hard as long as people know you care. You can preach hard as long as people know that person would go to the ends of the earth for me. Mom and dad, you can draw those lines where they need to be drawn. If your children know that you love them. That's just, that's just the way it is. Keep a, keep a tender heart. One thing that's missing in our Christian homes and our churches is tears. It's compassion. Keep that compassionate heart. I don't want to stray. I can't leave a church like this. Nobody will take me, but I can't, I, can't, I can't leave a church like this and go where there is no soul winning, where there is no bus route, where there is no nursing home because... There's something inside of me. There's, somebody's got to reach those people. Somebody's got to do something. It's a compassionate heart. When your heart gets hard, though, you, you can be pulled away. Number six, making sure you're, you're staying with me. This is an important truth here. And others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Now we just said, have a, don't lose a compassionate heart. There's some. It's going to be the tear. You get to keep a compassionate heart. Others save with fear. Here it is, number six. Preach the truth. Tell the truth. Some of you give testimony this, this evening. You got saved because somebody cared about you. They cared about me. Tell me what you got to say. But there's some that got saved because a preacher stood up and preached that they were going to bust hell wide open. And they, under the, the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, got saved. Nobody benefits when they're not told the truth. This politically correct movement is destroying our country, but more than that, it is destroying our Bible-preaching churches because we're more concerned with being politically correct. We're more concerned with not offending someone that we will not tell them the truth. They must be told the truth. Some are going to be saved with it. They have to hear the truth. Some are one step away from hell. They have to be confronted with it. Or they're going to go there. Well, well, you can push them away. My job as a preacher of the gospel is to preach the truth, and then men, men can choose. My job as a soldier, my responsibility is to present the truth of the gospel, 
that individual then can choose. But everybody should get to choose. It's our responsibility to preach the truth. That's why I, I, don't, I don't want to... Uh, I, 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 want, I teach the things that I've, I've taught because I, I want people to know this is out there. And, and, and if I'm going to have a conversation with, with someone and say, well, Pastor, why can't we do... Or what do you all do about this? I'm, I'm telling them the truth. There are people looking for the truth. And somebody just to say what it is. If, if you deal with somebody who has departed from the faith and, and you have an interaction with them, you speak the truth to them. You speak the truth to them. Now, we can get along. I, mean, I know Thanksgiving's coming. Christmas is coming. I, you can get along, but don't be afraid to speak the truth. Now, you don't have to do it with a drumstick in your hand, but don't be, afra- don't be afraid to speak the truth. Those that have departed, they have to have something to come back to. I, 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 I'll use myself as an illustration, if that's okay. As a preacher, there are times when I know that I'm preaching what's right. There's times when I know that God's put something on my heart, and I know what it's going to do. There's some, there, I, I, most of the time, I prepare a message that God has placed on my heart. I go to the, I go to the, to the pulpit. I preach it and, 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 and just trust the Lord to do whatever. And, and, and sometimes people say, Pastor, that's exactly what I needed today. Well, praise the Lord, God knew. We put it on my heart. But there are some times... What I call those 4 a.m. meetings with God, when God says, preach this, and there's a person's face in my, in my mind. And I know what it's for. I know, I know what it's going to do. But they have to hear the truth. They have to be told the truth. Part of this whole emerging contemporary movement is trying to trick people in. It's trying to trick them uh, you know, it's, it's, it's in their emerging church books. They put it in this terminology, and it blows my mind that people don't see through this who should see through this. Well, we want to get on them and hope that it, the experience of Christ rubs off on them. Their words. That's crazy. That's foolishness. Why, why don't, if, if this, and there's the independent Baptist swallowing this stuff. If I called the guy's name, some of the other people, the, the well-known independent Baptists are, 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 are reading after him, uh, retweeting him. In, if this works, why don't before election time the Republicans say, let's all get to convention center, let's have a Trump rally and invite Democrats in there. And it'll rub off on them. That's our winning strategy. Let's invite the media in, and it'll rub off on them, and they'll change their tune. They'd be laughed to scorn. But yet they can sell a lot of books in Christian bookstores saying, do this and this and this, and it'll rub off on them. No, they need to be told the truth. We have to preach the truth. Don't be afraid to say what the Bible says. Number seven. I've got to hasten And others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. We are flesh, will do a number on us, won't it? We have to deal with our flesh. But notice what the scripture says 
hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Number seven, reach them, but don't try to be them. Reach them, but don't try to be them. How we can try and justify. It it, it blows my mind to hear people speak and say, you've got to be smarter than that. You can't really believe that. Well, we got to make them feel comfortable. That's never been the purpose of the church. Now, we shouldn't be unfriendly, and we have a reputation of being a friendly church. Friendly church. We want to stay a friendly church. Somebody who has, has never darkened the door of a church, how are you going to make them feel comfortable in church? But yet, that's what we are catering. We're catering to a bunch of rebels. We don't want God, but convince me. In past days, everybody okay? Everybody with me tonight? In past days, we would depend on a man of God getting up with the Word of God filled with the Spirit of God, preaching with the fire of God, and letting the Holy Spirit of God grab a heart and squeeze it. But I guess if we don't have a can I say it? A man of God filled with the Spirit of God who doesn't even know if he has the Word of God. There's not going to be any fire of God. That's part of the problem. But reach them, but don't try to. We, and this is twisted. I should have probably taken a hold, but we're running out of calendar. We're running out of year. This, well, how, how are we going to, how are you going to reach them if you separate yourself from them? They twist. You've probably heard that. You said, well, first of all, the, the, the Bible word church means called out assembly. That's a question you can direct upward. I don't think you're going to get the answer you like. First of all, how are we, how are we, I've used this illustration. If, if you're in a mess, sitting next to somebody who's unsafe in a mess, and he looks at you and you're exactly like they are, what is he going to see in you that says, I can, I can better myself? I don't need your God because we're in the same boat. You, you, you don't reach, you, you reach them, but don't. See, if you keep a compassionate heart, if you're willing to speak the truth, you'll reach. We won't reach them all, but we'll reach a lot of them. Reach them, but don't try to be them. That's exactly what is being done. We are, we are creating, and I'll use the word churches, we are creating churches. We are creating these places where people can come in who are lost, get them in. We are enticing them with, with movie characters. We're enticing them with, with, with tick, uh, movie tickets. We're enticing them with flesh and the worship experience. We're enticing them with all that to appeal to a lost man's flesh. That's all that's going to be appeased. Now, I want to reach, that's why, that's why we have the command. And these people say, well, how are you going to reach them if, if, if you're so separated from them? I never bump, any bus worker ever bump into any of them in the poor neighborhoods? Anybody? No, I didn't think so. You don't, you don't run into them trying to win people with the gospel. That's why we have to separate. I don't have time to teach it again, but you understand you cannot separate to Christ without separating from something. That's, what, that's the whole principle of separation. 
you cannot separate to the world to entice the world to win the world without separating from someone. It's just, it's just the way it works. So reach them, but don't try to be like them. H- how can we hate the garment spotted by the flesh? How can we hate that garment, which is the context of the illustration here, with the man with leprosy, that garment spotted by that leprosy? You know what happened in the Old Testament. They are banned from society because of a spot. They had, if they're walking through town, they had to shout, unclean, 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 because of a spot of that disease on their garment. You certainly didn't buy that at a secondhand store. That's that garment spotted by the flesh. Now we have these religious with their garments spotted with flesh say, come be just like us. How can we hate what sin does? How can we hate it? You and I, it's a good place for us to be as Christians to get to the place where we hate how our flesh causes us to stumble. We hate the appetites that are developed by this world. We've we got to get to that place where we don't, we don't want to stumble. We don't want to fall. Why? Because it keeps me from my the fellowship with my Savior. I want to be closer to Him. How can we hate it and, and follow the Scripture here if we are becoming like the world? Number eight. This is very simple. Now unto Him. You've got to circle those two words in your Bible. Now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. That ought to make you excited right there. That's not my point. But to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Your wife really will be perfect then. Verse 25. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Number eight. If we don't want to depart from the faith, focus on Jesus. Because if there's only one who can keep us from falling, that's him. So I have to keep my focus on him. As a church, church, our focus has got to stay on him. Now, one of the reasons why I'm winding this Wednesday night series down, and, and this Sunday will probably be my last Sunday in the book, book of Acts the reason why I'm doing it is because I want to start getting us ready to move. Because there's a lot to be focused on. Paved parking. Can I get a witness? This is going to sound really wild. Indoor restrooms in the same building. That location, all that property... We're going to go to areas and knock on doors, listen to me, that have never, never been knocked on. Never. We're going to run buses where they used to run buses, but they're not running buses anymore. You can see the hand. A lot for us to be excited. We cannot have our focus on a prime location. We cannot have our focus. Now we got location. Now we got parking lot. Now we have restrooms. 
It's all, no, no, no. Our focus has got to stay on him as a church. He has been blessing us and blessing us. And just things with, with, with the merger, we voted on all those things. There are blessings that have just come. It, it, it's, what, what's, our focus is on him. When you have struggles, focus is on him. As, as an individual Christian, your focus has got to stay on Jesus. Got to stay on Jesus. I don't want to depart from the faith. I, 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 don't, I, I don't want to be in that category. I don't as a preacher. I don't want to be a preacher and say he used to preach a certain way. He used to hold to a certain stand. I, 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 I refuse to be that man. But if I don't keep my focus on Jesus, I can fall away. I can depart. If it's true for a preacher, and it is, you know what's true for a choir member? It's true for a Sunday school teacher? Well, I've been, I, I've been a member of this church longer than you've been alive. You can't say, you can't say that anymore. I'm getting too old for that. I remember when you were. I remember when you were this big. No, you don't. I hadn't been that big, and, but you get the point. Doesn't matter how long you've been at it. You take your focus off of Jesus. You're in danger of departing from the faith. We'll see these eight things again in the future. What a list, a checklist, for us to stay where we need to be. I didn't want to teach a whole year on this is what this group believes. This is how they're coming after your your children. This is what they believe. This is how they attack our soul winning efforts. I didn't want to teach. I wanted to teach all that so that we would know how to win people who have been deceived by that. So we would hold to. But I didn't want to all be like that. I wanted to end with, now what do we need to do to not depart? And I'll not review the, the, whole, the whole list of eight again, but I'll just reemphasize number eight. Just keep your, fo- keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on him.